the ever-spring swath, once the bastion of life that sits amidst the verdant wilds of Thyria. This, one of the largest continents in the realm of life, it has, in this time, become opposite of its namesake. Here, in the living city, its inhabitants witness the wilt of death among the chorus of the dying. Sigmar, he looks on, expecting his praise and tributes, with nothing more to offer than empty platitudes in return. And his corrupt bureaucrats, may they be damned as well. This anguish and misery must end, for this is the land of Alariel, and death should not have an embrace here. Nurgle is the Lord of Decay, who presides over physical corruption and morbidity. He is the father of plagues, and putrefications are attracted to him like flies to a rotted corpse. For his amusement, he devises foul contagions that he inflicts upon the mortal world, the result of which greatly fascinate him. Nurgle's gaze thus drawn to those mortals bloated with sickness, and he generously favors those who spread disease in his name. To Nurgle, every rattled corpse is a welcoming nursery for wriggling maggots and cloying plague spores. Every stagnant lake and rotting forest is a paradise in which parasitic larvae and bountiful poxes can flourish. These are the gifts that Nurgle lavishes upon the mortal realms, and if there is malice behind his generosity, it is directed only to those ingrates who try to decline his offerings. I began preparing for this over twenty years ago, carving the circles deep into the floor and scribbling incantations along the walls. My master found me, discovered my plans, and then stopped me. We almost dueled over it, but he was the mightier, so I backed down. But deep in the depths of my mind and soul, I maintained my sincerity and commitment to what needed to be done. This was all the rebellion I gave. And I remember how he pontificated to me. We never employ the methods of the enemy. We do not meet with them. We do not beseech them for anything ever. Such dealings only bring ruin and doom. And all that comes with such foolishness. One does not make pacts with the dark gods. For the price is always more than that of which you are willing to pay. But he was a scared old fool, and despite his wisdom and craft, he died of the pox last fall. Since then, it has been a never-ending cycle of one plague followed by another pestilence, one after another, the crops blighted and the livestock sick and thinning, a living city slowly dying, no respite, no mercy. These cities under Sigmar and his storm hosts are in peril. Collectively, we are known as the Free Cities, but as of late, we are only free to suffer and to die. 
I can save the people from their despair and misery, but I have no time to barter with the close-mindedness of those who would rather justify their existence through our misery and death. I know what needs to be done. I know I am able to do this. For I have traveled a full day away from the cities. I have traveled deep into the Stone Rash Mountains, and from within my secluded cave I begun my ritual. I study the arcane crafts of my disciplines, and in dogged determination I find that I am ready. Upon the eve of my bicentennial, I know I am able to do this. I shall save my city. I know how to contain and constrain. I carve the sigils once again, inscribe the incantations, all of which I have recalled deep from my suppressions, all of those many decades ago. The entirety of all of them are now fresh in my mind, and this entity to be summoned inside my circle shall augment my cries into the symphony of my magic, and it will be the countenance for which I require. Arcane calls so loud and so powerful, not even it will be able to resist. The incantative diagrams outside the circle serve to enhance the efficacy, to make them unbreakable. For this thing, it, it can never get out. It can never be allowed out. It cannot ever leave this circle. I perform the rites. I sacrifice, and then I wait. Within the depths of my cave, I wait. But on the seventh hour, my wait is over. All at once, the ground, it began to gently shake. At first, slight vibrations giving way to seismic quaking. The inner caverns and the stalagmites above me seem to meet, molding together amongst the gloom, and they make a dark canopy. This even prevents the light from my fire, from its illumination of my cave. In the dark and all alone, I feel more than I see the being dragging itself up out of the cave floor, which is now billowing over and covered in muck. Huge as I expected, and as I prepared for it, in my circles and wards, it pushed upwards towards the ceiling and almost touched the ends of the stalagmite tips before bursting into a dazzling light for an instant. Green, of course. Then the light comes down to a lampant glow, still green with a murky hue. I can feel its presence as it tests the lines of my defenses, the compulsions put to them by my arcane scripts. Its small head sits atop a mound of green, leathery, encased blubber. Now, the demon looks down at me. Its grinning face is now put into stark detail by its eyes and the light bursting from them, denoting its power. Inside I quail, for I find my breath is in laboured strain among the foul stench, but that's the human inside of me, for I am a wizard and I stand proudly in front of it. My spells protect me, and now it chortles, a deep growl of a depthful belly laugh, then speaks for the first time. <laughs> Be swift, wizard, for your pitiful frame can't hold me for long. Among the fragility of your craft, you lack the strength to keep me here. Your time grows short, little mortal. State your case. 
I suck in a deep breath and blurt out the words I have rehearsed in my mind. I am determined to deliver them casually and with conviction. I reply, Representative of the Great Grandfather, our cities labor under your blessing, but without thy mercy, our people die, our crops sour, our livestock expire. You have blessed us mightily. Now we have seen the light, and we are prepared to bend the knee. <laughs> and what would thou give unto the grandfather for his clemency? We would be his people. We will, under his agency, be his people. We shall also give praise every morning and every night, both at the seventh hour, and offer a sacrifice on the morn of the seventh day as tribute. We shall praise the Grandfather in all else that we do. We will devote our lives to him if he would just but spare us and give us all his blessings. And you speak for all your cities? I speak for myself first, then those that would see the wisdom of our cause and the effects of the Grandfather's full blessing. I would take his power into the cities and show his bounty and his magnificence. Then it shall be as you say. I will anoint thee in his name. The demon slowly reached towards the wizard, who took no step back. Half of him was awaiting the touch of this putrescent being. The other half laughed internally, for the demon did not recognize how secure and trapped it really was among the incantations of the spell which bound it. But the wizard's eyes widened. As the demon's hand passed beyond the arcane barrier without event, and the index finger of the great unclean one gently caressed the wizard's brow. Instantly he was struck with the widening pattern of rashes, and the fever that set in gave way to his new reality. It was not possible. How could this be happening? As the pain rushed through him, he screamed, but remained upright and did not fall to the ground. The feeling swiftly passed, replaced by a calm and almost joyous temperament that he knew had no genesis within him. The demon chortled once more, and then his body fell apart, and it landed in heaps on the ground, in masses of slime and filth. As the great unclean one was falling apart, the wizard could make out the remnants of it all over the ground. There were many multiple creatures across every inch of the circle, maggots and flies, swarming and crawling within and now outside the extinguished arcane lines. They had broken out of the circle, out into the unsuspecting world. It was a good thing that the wizard had come as a supplicant, for if he had not, he would already be dead. The wizard then reached for his staff and made out to begin the long trek back to his city to bring the blessings of the grandfather to his people. He would touch them all as he was touched. Anointed by the greater demon, they would be infected. They would be ugly. They would be worshippers of a dark and terrible god. But they would be alive.
remember this, my little pimples. The grandfather loves you. Let me blow you a kiss. Mm.